Um, we'll try our best to go through some of the Marakimis um, we have. We're going to go, it's basically broke, we're going to break it into five parts. We'll discuss a basic introduction to Slichas, uh, importance of Slichas, controversy about the authorship and the permissibility of saying many of the Slichas, um, when we should start saying Slichas, and lastly, uh, a controversy about Machnisi Rachamim and other piyutim that seems to be talking to Malachim. So just an introduction to the basic idea of slichas, like we know, slichas were not composed by the Antichrist Sakadayla. For the most part, the slichas we say were composed by various Rishonim, um, or some of the Ga'inim, and get adapted over, over the different uh, Tkufas. But we do have, we find the Medrash in Tarnat which is really expounding on a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, where we find the conceptual, at least, the idea of saying slichas. The Tarnat the, the, the Medrash there is going on the Pasik. We say in uh, every morning in Lam Natsayach, we say, Yancha Hashem B'yayim Tzara, where Hashem should answer us on the day of Tzar. So David HaMelech, the Medrash says, the Oromah Kodesh Baruch Hu L'David, B'shosh HaTzar is Boris HaKal when a Kali Yisrael is overwhelmed by various Tzaras, right? so in times of Beis HaMikdash, we could just go to the Beis HaMikdash and seek Kapara that way. But now, HaKadosh Baruch is telling Dov, where there's no, in time when there's no Beis HaMikdash, everyone can come together to Zaman, Baguda Achas, V'yisvad Lava and Yisayim have a Vidui, Lefanai V'yoyimu Lefanai Seder Slicha V'ani Enayisam, Seder Seder Slicha, which of course, in its purest sense, refers to Yudgim Omidais, which HaKadosh Baruch was Megal to Meishu Rabbeinu, and all of our slichas are really built around the Yud Gimel Midas. Yud Gimel Midas is always the focal point of the slichas. Everything else we're going to say, all the poems and everything else, is just really to build up uh, the Yud Gimel Midas. It says, further, it just ends off, just paraphrasing other words, so we have this again, which is really expounding on a Gemara, that when HaKadosh Baruch was Megal to Moshe, the Yud Gimel Midas, but here it's more with Dovin HaMelech, Similar idea that is a schus that we get together at Tzazamin and we say slichos. It's a schus for us that we should have a, a higher level of recognition of Hakadosh Baruch Hu and Hakadosh Baruch Hu will answer us. That's just again conceptually the idea of getting together for slichos to beseech Hashem's compassion for all our various. Um, but again, the text of the slichos is not really um, from the uh, from the times of the Nevi'im or actually as we'll see. It really comes around the Ga'inim and the Rishonim. Um, Okay, so now moving on to source number two, which is the Birkiyas of the Chida, which is called in the Shari Tshuva. He's giving just a little um, push for us to be more nizer and slichas. He says, It's more important these days. He's talking about the whole month of El, because the Sfarim say slichas the whole month. So it's better to spend more time saying slichas than to uh, have your extra or regular learning Siddharm. The Chain Reisi says, they have their learning. The whole month of El, they wouldn't, obviously, they still learned, but they took away part of the time of the learning. To get ready to learn the, the davening, the slichais, which is, you know, unfamiliar to us for the rest of the year. So basically, to invest time in, in understanding the slichais, to get ready for Shana, even though we say every morning, and that's always uh, our push to learn, but. As we're getting into the season, in order to have a great appreciation for slichas, these Tamid Chacham would take off their time from learning to spend some time in slichas. And similarly in the Elif HaMogin, which is on the bottom of the Mata Ephraim, one of the classics far about this time of year, he says that he's, he's seen Rabbi Hatayra, many great Tamid Chachamim would kind of just do it and bridge slichas. They would say uh, the first day of slichas and Erev Rosh Hashanah. The rest of the week they would be busy learning. They had their uh, 
whatever, whatever learning they were doing, right? So they just kind of checked out for the rest of the slichas. They did the begin, the bookends, the first and, and the end, so to speak, where Erev Rosh Hashanah. And the rest of the week, they said, anyway, listen, everyone, now everyone's getting up so early to say slichas. Anyway, the main time to say slichas is Asmar Sabaiker. And as we know, our minig and minig of many places today, we're not so makbar on that. We just say slichas a little bit before davening. We don't say it at the crack of dawn necessarily. But he says later on, he says, MS, this is a big mistake, he says, because these are Yimei Ratzayn. And the whole, this whole time is, is a time of these Tamei the Chum, they the ones should be the ones first online, so to speak, to be there first by Slichas. So basically, he's just calling them out and saying, um, in a similar vein to we saw in the Birk Yosef, this is not the time to increase extra learning to Dharm. Again, learning is always very important. This is the time specifically to spend time on Slichas, to understand them without proper... Um, time going through them, like we'll speak about later, there's no way to understand what they're talking about, there's a lot of esoteric and cryptic things going on, so it just behooves us to invest the time so we can get that schus, like we said in the beginning, and from the time of the Belio, that HaKadosh Baruch Hu should be Eno, Yisrael HaKadosh Baruch Hu answer us at this time of Tzad. Okay, so now, the next page on source number four, this is where the uh, action really begins. And this is uh, Ibn Ezra and his Pirish on Kehelas, Ibn Ezra is a Rishan. And there, the Pazak in Kahelas tells us in the beginning of Perakei, Al Tevahel Al Picha, do not be quick with your mouth. The Libcha Ayyamaher Lohaiti Darvalafnei Lakim, and don't like, don't, basically don't uh, just do quick lip service to Kadush Baruchu, Kilakim Bashamayim, the Ata Allah because Hashem is in heaven and we're on the earth. Be careful, be careful with your words, and don't just uh, spit out the words quickly. And obviously, this in, in the in the simple sense, this is talking about our relationships with people, right? And and, and with Hakadosh Baruch Hu as well. But to be careful what comes out of our mouth. But here, the Ibn Ezra uses this as a great opportunity to attack much of our uh, liturgy and davening. So first, Ibn Ezra speaks out. Just I, I didn't quote the whole thing; I only quoted one paragraph. It goes on and on for columns, so I'll just speak out what I, what I copied here, and then I'll speak out some more, uh, but it's not here on the paper. But beginning, Ibn Ezra just speaks out that really, uh, we should use up, be using our mouths all day to thank Hashem for the fact that we're constantly breathing, walking, participating in all types of things. So that itself should just be an endless amount of thank you, Hashems, and uh, we should be busy with that all day. But that's not possible, so we have to you know, do what we have to do, and then at least by the time of davening, we should be focused on using our mouth properly for davening, he says. He says, um, he says, just where it's online towards the end there, it says, Alkain Asrashi is Pal Adam, Viachnis, Petrachtuasiputum, Loyada Ekapirusho. But a person has to be careful, he says, that since we only have a certain amount of time to daven, and really we should be davening and thank Hashem all the time, so we have to be careful when we do daven to make, you know, get the biggest bang for our buck and to make sure we're saying everything the most appropriately. And don't start saying Pirutim, now that this is where the Ebenezer starts veering off. It says, don't start saying all those piyutim where we don't understand what they're saying. Don't just rely on the fact that the author, and that he had these great intentions when he wrote it. Because um, everyone does have errors, or people are just copying over what he did. Uh, he says he doesn't like that, because they might have had the best of intentions, original authors, but if we're not going to understand the depth of what they're saying, so we're not accomplishing anything. The Kalal Oymer, he says, I'll tell you the rule, there's in these piyutim of Rebelezer HaKalir, there are four main issues. Now, I, I didn't quote all of them because it went on for pages and pages, but I'll just summarize the four issues. I wrote them down in shorthand in my notes here. The four main issues that uh, Ibn Ezra has with Rebelezer HaKalir, who again is the, is the primary 
uh, poet in many of our, for, for the author of many of our piyutim, he says, first of all, the Mezzah says that many of his piyutim are written in Lashon of Chidai, so Mishalom, it's like written in riddle or in, or in parable form, um, and it's, you don't always understand exactly where it's, you know, where it's headed and how, what, what his depth is, uh, if you're just reading the words without any Pirushim on it, right? Um, so he says that's just lacking a basic feel. It's supposed to be easy to approach. He says, secondly, um, the Pyutim are not written in a pure Lashon HaKadosh. Often it's mixed in Aramaic words. He says, even sometimes you'll find it's mixed in Lashon Madai and Paras, Edom, Yishma. All four languages, he says, got mixed into these poems and, or these Tlichais. And he says, that's not appropriate. That is supposed to be Lashon HaKadosh. Thirdly, he says that many times he switches the tenses of female or male tenses. He's not makbid on all the tenses. Fourthly, lastly, he says that all these piyutim are mali droshes fagodes. It's full of, a lot of times as droshes of chazal. And chazal omru, chazal say, When we're davening or understanding a pasuk on its face value, we should use the most simple pshat first. And only once you accomplish that, you can get to, to more depth. So Ibn Ezra, these are his four main issues. Basically, that there's too much uh, mysticism or depth to the slichas that at face value, it's hard to understand what they mean. And we're supposed to be davening in a more straightforward way. And therefore, the Ibn Ezra ends off, he says, like, There's thousands of mistakes. And I can't understand all the mistakes that these uh, authors of the slichas made. It says the Ibn Ezra, I think it's appropriate that Yispal Adam Hem Prishon should not say the Slichais, Kiim Atfila Kavua, he should say the regular Tfila, Viu Divarenu Ma'atim Veloy Nenesh Bedin. He should say in a limited sense and shouldn't overload it, overload, overload the uh, davening with all these Putim that are hard to understand. So if we will leave right now, and I don't know what it looked like in the Ibn Ezra Shul, but it seems like uh, by the Ibn Ezra, davening would have been very different. Rosh Hashanah and Kippur probably would have been much shorter. Slichais before Rosh Hashanah and before Yom Kippur would have been abridged as well. So things would have been very different. But as we know, we don't follow this Ibn Ezra. So before we get to the why we don't follow the Ibn Ezra and why Minig of Klai Yisrael, Sayyidah Ashkenazim, whichever Nusach of Slichas you say, there's Nusach Poland, Nusach Lita, Nusach Hungary, all the different Nusachas, or even the Sephardim, who have different Slichas, they also don't follow the Ibn Ezra. There is one uh, Sefer I was able to find that defends the Ibn Ezra and seems to at least understand you know, the, um, what, what shot in the Ibn Ezra. So that's an Imre Pinchas, which is interesting. That's the Pinchas Mikarta, one of the early Tamiz in the Baal Shem Tov. And he says, first of all, he explained why is he coming to defend the Ibn Ezra. If all the Achreinim, as we'll see shortly in the next page, everyone's going to argue in the Ibn Ezra and totally say we, don't, we just we, you know, ignore all his claims, we try to answer them up, but we don't uh, take them into consideration. Why is he coming to try to defend the Ibn Ezra? Says a Pinchas Karts are very interesting. He says, the reason why I want to be Malamat Tzchus to the Ibn Ezra is because one time I had a dream. And in the dream, I got an aliyah to a Sefer Torah. And in the dream, they told me that Sefer Torah was a Sefer Torah of the Ibn Ezra. Okay, that was his dream. And that was his message. I can't tell you more than what it says, but for some reason, he took that as a sign from heaven. I guess he understood his dreams better than I understand most of my dreams. And therefore, he took that as a sign from Shemayim that he should work on defending the Ibn Ezra here and in other places as well. So he says, but what's Pshat maybe? Maybe you can say, he says, a marshal for what's Pshat in the Ibn Ezra. He says... When a person goes into a dark tunnel, so there's two ends of the tunnel, where he entered and where he hopes to get to. So as he gets deeper into the tunnel, it gets darker and darker. He says those people with good vision, very strong eyesight, they're able either to, to still glean from the light that they came in, or they're able to see some light at the end of the tunnel, and they're able to eventually get through. He says people have very strong legs, 
they'll just keep running through even if they can't see and they'll just make it through quickly. He says, so the original Paitanim, either the Rishayinim or the, uh, the, the uh, earlier Rishayinim or the Ga'inim really or the Tanayim really, uh, we'll see shortly, some people learn that Lazar Kali was a Tana who wrote these Piyutim, they were still basking or coming off the light of the second base on Migdash. So they still had a certain level of Ruchanis, a certain higher level, and they were able to, to see some great depth that as we got deeper into the tunnel, more into the Gullus, in the middle, he says, Ibn Ezra was in the middle of the Gullus, and he was uh, much hotter. He couldn't see everything. He was more in the dark. He says, we, coming even after we shine him, this is the Pinchas Akartu, who is the early Tamid of Hashem, 200 plus years ago, he says, we're already coming, Ikvas of the Meshicha, so we're already seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, so we're going to have more depth and be able to explain the Piyutim, maybe more than the Ibn Ezra. Okay, that was his uh, attempt to at least explain why the Ibn Ezra had such a hard time with the Piyutim and why we do say them. But again, as we'll see right now, all the Achreinim argue on the Ibn Ezra. So starting with the Maral, it's just in, uh, in uh, number six on the next page. This is in uh, order of, um, it, it's in order of, of the biological, um, 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 not biological, what chronological. chronological, thank you, chronological order. Thank you. The mar- it's after 12 o'clock. The Maral. <laughs> right, so Ibn Ezra was reshown. So now all the Achronim, just Maral is an early, early Achron. Um, and then we'll go to Kvegar and Shulchan. Just all, everyone's basically going to argue on, on, on Ibn Ezra. So again, we don't have time to go through all the detail of it, but the basic idea is that the Maral says, and it's two, even though I put them next to each other, it's really two separate parts of the Maral, same piece. Maral has a lengthy uh, piece on it. But here he says that although many people are karatagar, they get very upset on uh, the Ibn Ezra. He says, Chazal here and these slichos or the piyutim, right, are, are not being careful in their in their way they're writing it, not keeping pure to the pure lashon hakodesh. Um, he says, if you see something strange or out of the ordinary in a way uh, a piyut is written. It's because they're coming to explain a certain drasha. They're all working on words of Chazal. It wasn't just uh, some mad poet, so to speak, Shalom, who's just writing some things that are nonsensical. Everything <coughs> he's writing, every single line, is being marumas to Joshua of Chazal. He says at the end there, Since Ibn Ezra was very upset about this, Ga'inim and the Tanaim who wrote these are all tremendously depth, uh, have depth in the, uh, in the uh, ways of understanding of the Torah. Basically, he's saying if you spend time and understand the depth of Chazal that went behind the writing of all these piyutim, you'll see there's there's chachma to all of it. Now we, Baruch Hashem, live in a generation where we have art scroll or many other um, pirushim on the slichais that you can really take apart one slicha and spend the whole shir just in it explaining where, what sukkim it's based on, which gemaras and midrashim and many of the fancier slichas do do that for you. And that's a tremendous service, but that's only after generations and generations of perushim on the slichas. You just think about that. That means that for generations before us, going back hundreds of years, right, they didn't have it. So either you knew it, I'm sure great, some great tamidacham knew it and some didn't. So it was mamash, a closed book. So we're coming on the heels of all those all that research, so to speak, that was done to expound on it. And that's what Morales really just laying the groundwork for that, saying that every line of a slicha is coming from a drasha and has depth to it. And therefore, we're not going to take into consideration Ibn Ezra's claim. Kiveger and Shubis says a similar idea. He says everything that the older piyutim are miyusud al uh, He says the Ibn Ezra was upset. 
you know, Lebanese will put his honor on the side for this minute, and he was acting, he says, he Kivega has very sharp terms against Ibn Ezra, he says he was also like a Hagen. He says, you see that the the the, the, the Taisus discusses if Rabbi Lazar Khalir was maybe a Tani, maybe the son of Shun by Yachai, or maybe a different Tana, or at least he was from from the Ga'inim, meaning we're talking we're talking about Ablazar Khalir was not just a, 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 even a Rishon. This is he predates the Rishonim and he t- quotes from others who says maybe it was Ablazar ben Arach, also a Tana, and all these uh, sources, Sister Kivega just shows that we're dealing with someone who is Mamash Kadosh Alyain, and he ends off, Hashem Atoyv Yisach Arab Ibn Ezra Gaidu Shigosav So again, Kivega also dismisses um, the Ibn Ezra and uh, don't be concerned, he says, and there's a lot of depth, as we said, to each one of the Slichas. Shulchan as well, Shulchan brings. Uh, this is actually Krishma because there's, at least here, we don't have the mini, but in, in some places, there is a minute even to say many putim in the middle on, on Yoshan Yom Kippur, even in the middle of Birchus Krishma. So as you're saying, Kaddish, uh, Kaddish, Kaddish, etc., there's these long putim to say. And that's what the Rosh is talking about them in source number eight. And he says, the Kanmayinim bring down, and that I found in the Shabbat Yaleket, which is from the uh, early Achrayinim, which brings us in the Shem Rebbeinu Tam, that when Rav Lazar Khalil wrote his putim, he was surrounded by a fiery uh, something that descended from heaven. So this was obviously not child's play when he was writing these uh, putim. And he doesn't even quote Ibn Ezra by name. He just says, whoever says that he shouldn't say the slichas, his bones should swell up. So he didn't want to call him out, but that's he's referring to because that's the uh, famous sheet of Ibn Ezra over here. But again, the Akshulchan as well. So bottom line, we have the Maral. Each one saying a similar idea that all the all the piyutim and all the slichas were done al taras akodesh al pi drushas chazal, and he says the achshuchan just says ah you'll see some of them are so hard to understand. He says that was bedafka because you see some of them were not hard to understand. Meaning the same of Lazar Khalir, his pen wasn't only hard to understand. Sometimes he would pen certain piyutim. Let's say we say by geshem and tal, those are pretty straightforward. They're, they're not as, you know, that's pretty easier to understand since it's the same author. So you see the author was capable of writing easy piyutim. For whatever reason, certain times he wrote it to be more cryptic and more esoteric. It's for a cheshbin. The what? Okay, that's what maybe it sounds like, but that's why we have another page. So at this point, Hill's raising a good point. He's saying everyone's agreeing with Ibn Ezra that that's hard, but they're saying we should still say it. Ibn Ezra was saying it's too hard and don't say it because therefore you're just going to be doing lip service. That's not appropriate. All these achorinim so far seem to be saying there's a cheshbin to it. It's very hard, but you should still say it. But let's try to get a little better than that because we don't want to just do lip service. We want to try to say it and have a best understanding of it. So I saw, I didn't, it's not in the sheets, but it will say something similar in a minute in the sheets. Um, the, uh, the son of the Shlot, which is printed in the back of the Sefer Shlot, he has a small country, it's called Vavei HaMudim, and there he writes what he did in his Kehillah, I guess he was a Rav there, wherever he was, and he says, I just wrote down some of the words he writes, he says, because of all the hardships in the Slichas and the Piyutim, understanding the words, he says, Takanti Tikkun Gadol, he says, I made a great Tikkun, the Chobnei Chaburasa Kadisha for my whole Kehillah, excuse me, that they found groups, I'm just quoting this by heart, it's not in the paper. He made like little groups of people. That people to get together to learn the Pirish the whole center from beginning to end. 
He says because He says we shouldn't be just like birds who are chirping without any understanding of what we're doing. Doesn't sound too pleasant. In order, he says, in order that we shouldn't just be like a bunch of birds. He says he taught everybody. Everyone had groups and they went through the sitter. Now where's Zoycha? Like we said, to have art school and other any other sitter of your choice today. We have a lot of things available to us to help us and it behooves us to do the best we can. But now the Peleyites, which is in source number nine, Peleyites was a rough in Bulgaria, right, um, Russian area, early 1800s. It's a Sephardi safer, but it's, all, it's like halacha slash musr altogether. And there he writes, he goes, I'll say the Aleph base, so in the Erech Slichais, under the title Slichais, he says like this. This was comforting. So a person, Mamish, has a hard time understanding what he's saying. So he throws in a towel and says, I'm not coming to shul. I can stay home for that price. He says, Al Kaponim Yoyma Slichais. Ice for ice, teva for teva. Say it word for word. But call bechi, call tachina, right with a with a voice of supplication, of crying. With understanding, at least on a base level, that he's what's he doing now? He's he's admitting to his sins and coming to seek atonement for them. Says the Peleites, if a person does this, Yiftach b'shem alakov kikel chanun v'rachamu l'av avtocha. Hashem will listen to him. Umarbelis leich l'yachmetz meisir. The Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to have the hardship, so to speak. And therefore, if a person, even if he doesn't understand, we'll get to more in a minute about this. He says, even if a person doesn't understand, he should still come and say the slichais with the understanding that at least what he's doing is he's coming to beseech Hashem for rachamim uh, and ask for uh, an atonement. For all Zavaris. Then he says in the last paragraph there, he has a little Musr shmuz there. This is where he merges the um, halacha with the Musr. He says, he sees that, don't, don't, he says, he saw in his day already that people wake up early. They would come to say slichas early in the morning. They rushed through slichas because they didn't you know, really understand what was going on. So they rushed through slichas. You think they have to get to work. He says, but after diving, they'll go sit in the coffee shop, smoke a pipe, and drink coffee. That's what he says. He says, there, he's very upset at them. He says, if you're telling me that you're in a rush, you got to go, okay, you got to go to work, you got to go to work. But don't rush through Slichais and then rush out to the coffee shop. He says, because people say, he has an expression here, Malitevin um, Esabar. People say, what does the, the stalk have to do with the, with the food afterwards? Meaning, people don't make the connection. They do the religion, so to speak, in the morning in the shul, and the rest, they do whatever, whatever, whatever they fancy outside the synagogue, so to speak. He says, that's not, of course, not appropriate. People get up early for slichais, and they say, look, I'm, I'm a tzaddik, right? I'm getting up early for slichais, and then they just go and waste a day away. He says, and then some people, they wake up early for slichais, and they fall asleep during shachris. We can all relate to this. And um, he says, it's also a problem. He says, it's doymet to somebody who, in order to make a buck, spends $100. So, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to get up to get slichas early, but then you lose out everything else by not having, uh, by not diving properly and just going through everything too quickly. In a, little, in a similar vein, with a little more depth, the Kavayashar, which really preceded the uh, Peleites, Kavayashar is uh, one of the scariest for him. Um, a very Musri Kabbalistic and uh, always talks about scary things. So there, and here's gonna, he won't, won't let us down, it'll be a scary story. So in case you're dozing off, just get ready. He says like this, is a chiyah for every person to say the piyutim? First of all, it's just interesting lashon, right? The Peleyayit say you should say it, you should say it in, in a kol techina, in a kol bechi, right? In which we understand. You should say it with like you're crying, or with a voice of supplication. The Kaviyasha says a person should say this piyutim, besimcha, v'kavana saleh, you should be happy. Now, of course, you know, it doesn't mean jumping on jumping for joy, but it means that you should be happy that we have the opportunity to beseech Hashem for slicha. He says, Kol pi, listen to this, he says, the second line here, Kol pi to pi, yesh soydais nefloim, there are amazing secrets, v'lo yu ha piyutim doimin alach kamasa, it shouldn't be like it's a burden for us, 
Ki apiyutim nishabro pi atas malachi maila. How are these piyutim uh, uh, written? He says this also will answer the Ben Ezra through seeking the counsel of the malachim. Sheniglu the Rabbi Lazar Kaliri. Rabbi Lazar Kaliri was in counsel with the malachim, and that's why he wrote many of the piyutim. I say they're aleph bays, either either in order aleph bays gimel dal or something's backwards. Right? We do something. You see, like in the art school, the other ones you see something that's highlighted the aleph bays, which order it's going in. Or sometimes it's a funny order. Right? Kichain mizmaravu mishabchem. That's how the malachim do it. So Rabbi Lazar Kaliri knew what he was doing because this he got the inside tip, inside trading tip. From the Malachim who are busy saying Shira all day upstairs, and this is how they do it with the Aleph base and all types of things. The Kabbalah be they me piyadim piyaz kainim. The Kabbiyasha says I have a Kabbalah. We piy a Chasidim misha mekabah misha makeup by mirrors Kravitz. Someone who's not careful in saying Kravitz. Kravitz stands for Korina Vishua Balei Tzadikim. It's a, it's a uh, it's an acronym that a lot of Svarim use when they refer to all the different types of piyutim and slichas that we say. The Oimer, if someone is lax about it and says Ain a Chayev Kolkach LaOimram. You will not have longevity of days. The Bach and other Pais can bring this as well. So at least it's a school of Farichas Yom if you say Slichas. That's at least. Kroivitz, what? Karina Mishua Balei Tzadikim. So, Kikola Yechidim, he says all these things, Shechibru Piyutim, all these great people, it wasn't just from Lezak, clear the other ones as well, all Gitcherimendus Gedoylev. And then he says, I'll tell you a story that he found that one of the authors of Shloyma Gabiro, of Shloyma Gabiro, authored the slicha that we're familiar with, will say, on Erev Rosh and he also did Nafshi B'Shei Lossi, Vami and other ones as well. You look out for his name, now that you know about it, listen to the story. He says, Shloyma Gabiro was a tremendous baki, and Chachmas HaKabolo B'Diktuk, he wrote many piyutim, and for some reason, this aroused the great jealousy of many of his uh, Goyesha neighbors. They were very jealous of his great piety. And one, one day, uh, one of the Arabs who lived near him got up and killed him. And it doesn't say this here, but it says another place, he was approximately around in his young 30s when he was killed. And this Arab took him, killed him, and then the Arab took his body, and the Arab buried his body in his backyard, or somewhere in his fields. And this sense of this of Shlomo Gabriel, Shemin Kamdama, was such a tzaddik, the schus that the Arab had by burying him at least, gave it that his fields started producing fruits much earlier than the rest of the season. So let's say they were supposed to, the crop was supposed to come around in July, he started getting a crop in May. And it was to the amazement of all the uh, other farmers, like how did your crop get, get here a month or two early? That's not, that's not no- normal. And they kept interrogating him until he spilled the beans. That's because he had this Jew buried in his backyard. And his fellow Arabs or his fellow farmers, whoever it was, got so angry with him that he killed the holy Jew. They killed him. So it didn't end too well for him. I don't know exactly what happened with the body. I'm assuming that somehow the Yidin got the body out and they uh, were able to uh, properly bury this Shlema. Anyway, he ends off the Kavi Yashar. Probably, yeah, go daven there. But Lachain, Toiv Lachavin El Remez, at least when we daven, says the, uh, the Kavi Yashar at the end here, we should think about the Remez, Shema Machaber, Apiyat, or Machaber, Saslichot, Vichavain, Shiyamid Zuchusa, we should think about the Schus of the Tzadik who wrote it, Shiyal El Rotson, Amir, Shavach, Machaber, Kiyesh, Nachas, Ruach, Lesa, Machaber, Kshayim, Piyutoim, or Slicha, Shabi Kavana. At least we can think about either the, say before the Seder, the Aleph Base, or the author. Of Shlomo Ibn Gabriel, he lived. It was approximately this story happened a little less than a thousand years ago, about nine hundred and seventy change years ago. It's when he was. This is the times of Rashi and the Baliatesis. You know, this is uh, this is uh, the high, the, the high, the height of Rishonim. Okay, this is just what we spoke about till now. Basically, was the idea of the Ibn Ezra, and although the Ibn Ezra had some valid tightness, so to speak, against many of our slichas, the Gedalia Paiskim all rejected him, as well as the Gedalia Kabbalah slash Musar 
uh, all went with the idea that we should, of course, spend time and do what we can to understand the slichas. It's not an excuse not to think about the slichas and get whatever we could, any svarim we get our hands on, try to understand them. This, this, the son of the shlah who set up in his shul different chaburits of people just to gather together to basically review the slichas. person could buy an article today, you don't have to get a big group. If you want to get a group, it's also a good idea, but at least spend time to, um, to um, be familiar with the slichas. From previous experiences, once I think at least once you get the hang of many of the slichas, you kind of you see where things are going. You know, like you kind of it's hard. The slichas are hard, but if you if you get the groove of, of some of the different authors and you can see how they kind of use the same words a lot or the same kind of setup, and it'll be easier once you once you get the ball rolling. Bez Hashem. Now I want to transition a little bit to another discussion of shortly about uh, when do we start saying slichas. Like we know, we start saying tonight. That's not first anywhere uh, that we do that, right? The Mechaber says in the beginning of Hilchus uh, Rosh Hashanah, I don't have it in front of me, but we know he says uh, that the minig is by the Sephardim, that starting from Rosh Hashanah, really the second day of Elul, they get up, the, lokum, the minig is lokum ba'ashmar sa'poykev, loy ma'slichus. And the Ramah says, the minig ashkenaz ain't a kid, but minig ashkenaz is that we do it four days, we do, we do the week before Rosh Hashanah. This year when Rosh Hashanah falls out, um, on a Monday, so we have to do it the week before, because we need a minimum of four days. I heard this year from Amalek Biedemann Shlita, he said, the Machaber says that the minig is lokum ba'ashmoiris, right? We get up early in the morning from Rosh Chodesh Elvelech, say slichas. The Ramah said the minig is the Ashkenazim only get up a week before Rosh Hashanah. He says, all the Ramah was saying is that the minig of B'nai Ashkenaz is to start saying slichas three weeks later, but not that the minig of Ashkenaz is to sleep for the first three weeks of El, right? <laughs> the Machaber said the minig is we get nogum, noyagin, lokum ba'ashmoiris. To say slichas, so our minig Ashkenaz is that we we get three extra weeks of not saying slichas. That's how you want to look at it. But that doesn't mean we have the excuse to sleep for three weeks. If the Svardim are getting up, we should also get up. So if we don't have Svardim here, we get we get better off. Okay. Anyway, Zotzelekat Yaisha. Why Dafka do we start Matzei Shabbos as we are starting tonight? So the Zotzelekat Yaisha, who's a Talmud of the Truma Sadesh, is from the earliest of the Achronim. He says, We start on Sunday or Matzah Shabbos. Because we spent the whole Shabbos afternoon by learning Seder and by learning, right? So we had the most time Shabbos to invest in Talmud Torah. People are not involved in business on Shabbos. He says, We can learn Torah. Therefore, it's best to start on a Sunday, or like we do Matzah Shabbos, because we're still happy and coming off of Simchas Torah. And we also happy because we just said Oynik Shabbos, we had a Geshmak HaTshalom, whatever we had, Big Kiddush today, right? So therefore he says it's best to start in a happy and good mood. So like we start off tonight, the peer, the main peer tonight that we say is Mimatzai Menucha. Um, similarly, I saw um, a Kukimachu to help remember that now in the regular, not regular year, many years, we start Slichas on Matzai Shabbos, Parshas Nitzavim. This year we started Pasha's Matzah Shabbos Kisavim, but this week is going to be Nitzavim. So either we're starting the week of Nitzavim or we, or we start on the tail end of Matzah Shabbos Nitzavim. But the word Atem Nitzavim Mayoim, which is the beginning of the Pasha, that phrase Atem Nitzavim Mayoim is Gematria 694, which is the same Gematria as Laamoy Leslichay. So here we are, beginning of the new week. So we're getting up, we're getting up for slichas, so we're staying up for slichas, one or the other. I saw similarly from the Belz Rebbe, the Alta Belz Rebbe, on the sheets here, he's, he, it's brought down that he said, the reason why Dafka we start Matzah Shabbos, why don't we wait till Sunday morning? So we just said because we want to get close to Shabbos, but why Dafka Matzah Shabbos? He says because the Gemara tells us 
So we just spent Shabbos, we became a Shutaf Ta'Kadosh Baruch We know in business, you never close the door on your partner, right? If you have a partner with somebody, if you're invested with somebody in a business deal, and he comes to ask you something, so you listen to him before you listen to anybody else, because you're invested together, right? So we just invested, so to speak, we're now Shutaf Ta'Kadosh Baruch So now we have a good relationship, and we had Shabbos, we spent time in Torah, like we just said a minute ago. This is the best time. We have the closest relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu before we lose, so to speak, that Shaykhis. Sometimes during the week we don't feel as connected, but now we're just spending Shabbos. We became a shutter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so it's most appropriate to um, capitalize on that situation, he says. And therefore, if we say, Matzai Menucha, Kedamnucha, Tachilat, we're going to stay shortly, so we want to be maktim as soon as close to Shabbos as possible. Okay, I want to spend the last few minutes in, uh, the, in the Yushalmi here. Um, which is introducing the controversy by Machnise Rachamim. So we have the Piet Machnise Rachamim and other Piyutim, which we'll say throughout the next few weeks, which seem to imply that we're davening to the Malachim. We're beseeching the Malachim to help us. And what's the problem with that? The problem is as follows. Yushalmi tells us in Masechtas Brachas, which is where it's uh, underlined over here, it says, Aval Kodesh Baruch Hu It's contrasting uh, uh, other... Uh, Relationships. If a person is going through a hardship, we don't have to call out to the various malachim. Says the call out straight to me. And I'll answer you immediately. Like the pasuk says, "Whoever calls out Hashem will have salvation." And there, the Pnei Moshe, which is the main pirush of the Sari Yishami, says. You see from here, there's other sources in Chazal as well, but this is a very clear source that we don't call out. If we have a hardship, we have a direct line to HaKadosh Baruch We don't have to go through Malach, we don't have to go through any intermediary. So the question is, that's why many Achorinim question the permissibility of saying Machnise Rachamim or other Piyutim that seem to imply that we're asking the Malachim to beseech on our behalf. So the Maral brought down his minute was not to say Machnise Rachamim. I saw it brought down for the Chassam Soifer. He himself personally did not say it, so he would take a longer tachnun. People would think he's like, you know, look like he was saying it, because the shul, he let it Sibor. In his kehillah, they said it, but he himself personally didn't say it. But we know the minig of Roy Sibor is to say it. It's printed, at least. So, what's pshat? So I saw in the Sefer Tanya Rabasi, which is a, a Rishon, and Margaret Vaughn quotes him at different times. Um, he says, and other, other say this as well, um, he brings from Shem Rav Vigdor, um, there's no problem, so to speak, of making a shituf. As if HaKadosh Baruch Hu, so to speak, has a partner um, with him who, who we're beseeching to help us. He brings a raya from Rabbi Yechanan, the Gemara in Sanhedrin, which says, Meaning, when we're down here, we are often creating malachim uh, that are, are for our advocate, are ad- advocating for us, and some malachim who are unfortunately uh, we create, who sometimes could be um, what's the opposite of that? Contributing, right? They could be contributing. They could be prosecuting, prosecuting against us. Contributing, yeah, they're prosecuting against us. So he says we're beseeching that those malachim that we created that are there to advocate for us should make sure that there's nothing blocking. Meaning, it's true, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we have a direct line to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but sometimes we stuff up that line, right? So in order to make sure that we're not, our impediments are not there, right? We're asking that the Malachim who are there to help us kind of clear the way to make sure we're getting, to, we're not dabbing to the Malachim, we can dab into HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but sometimes we create our own prosecutors who are standing in the way, so we have to get that clear out of the way. 
and that's he quotes from others as well, so a similar idea. Um, and then he gets into an interesting discussion in general, but we're not going to discuss it right now, about davening in Lashna, uh, Lashna uh, Aramis, when we could daven in Aramis, when we can't daven in Aramis, it's interesting. And I saw also similarly in Chuvis Marie Bruno, who's an interesting uh, Marie Bruno, who was an early Akron, he says a similar idea that um, the idea of us davening Machris Rachmim and all these things, Machil Masay, is just that it's a way of shiftless. Meaning we don't we don't need them to help us, but sometimes we feel so so uh, overwhelmed or we feel so unworthy because of all our affairs. So we're asking someone the malachim to help be an intermediary for us, not because we can't go straight to Hashem, but because we're embarrassed to. Like in other relationships, you know, how do we have sometimes a person you can't ask the person mechila because you're embarrassed of exactly what happened or any other situation. So sometimes you might feel so. Embarrassed, so to speak, from our Kaddish Baruch Hu. So we're asking Malachim just to help us again, similarly clear the way. But not that we're davening to the Malachim. These are just some of the approaches that our Chaim say uh, in order to uh, defend our common minik to say. Just to end off with a little chizuk. So I saw us in from the Sefer Lekach Valivov for Ram Shur Shlita. He says the pasuk says in Bukhukaisai, "V'naflu aivechem lefnechem lecharev." Right, our enemies will fall. Uh, before us by the sword and the svarim bring down. That's also Rosh Tevis out of order, but Rosh Tevis of El. He says Dafka over here. That uh, why is over here um, that the, the idea of fighting with a sword is it uh, Maruma's El? He says because we know our main enemy, who uh, has many faces and many personality disorders or personality traits, is the Eitzahara, always coming in different ways. If we don't have a strong sword to, to defeat him, we're never going to be successful. What's the sword of Klal Yisrael? He brings that we know from from uh, Medrashim and from Chazal. That Yaakov Avinu, when he davened Bachar Biyavakashti, the targum over there says, "But Slusi Buusi." With my, with my, the targum says that the sword of Yaakov Avinu was his davening. He says the only Eitzah we have to get rid of the Eitzah Hara, all the tricks that he has, just continuously davening for Siyat to the Shmaya, to to get rid of him. He says Shabbos Atfila. This is the time now. This month of El, the man is Garbali Eitzah Hara. He says specifically in the month of El, Shrei Yemei El, or always Yemei Ratzayin. He says Vakosh Ken Anu Beifus to the Meshicha. That Ikra Avoida, he says, the, he says, the Helga Rebbe has told us that Ikra Avoida, the Ikra Mashiach, has to strengthen our davening. We should, Avada, we should uh, use this time wisely. And I saw a simile in the Sefer brought down in the name of Degel Machan Ephraim, who was the Enigol uh, of Hashem. He says that uh, Skula, to be Makar of the Gula, is to have Kavanu, when we say in the Slicha, it's that whole paragraph of Anenu, Amisha Anna, which we usually just go through very quickly at the end because it's easier Hebrew. Well, if we say that with more kavani, he says that's a skula to hasten the gula. We shall be zaycha to have a ksimu ksimu tavi ashkayev.